Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, everybody, what's up? We're back, and I want to know before we get started, did you guys accompany me every day in reminding yourself that the Mass is the summit and the font of our faith? Because I did, and I don't want to be out here doing it by myself. We're supposed to be doing this together in solidarity. If you haven't been doing it, pick it back up and see if it changes your next Mass experience. All right, so... Last week, as you know, we touched on how the liturgy is both simultaneously the summit and the font of the church, from which we aim towards and which we draw from. So this totally demonstrates what a gift, like a treasure that the liturgy is. But how effective is this monumentous gift if we don't know how to engage our hearts and our mind in the liturgy? So let's look at it maybe a different way. When we receive our sacraments for the first time, we had to attend classes, right, where we were taught about that particular sacrament. What we might not realize is that our learning is not over. It's far from over. Basically, our learning never ends when it comes to the sacraments, and that's because the liturgy teaches us for the rest of our lives. It's inexhaustible. What? I know, that's such a crazy concept. But just as the scriptures are inexhaustible, so too, maybe even more so, is the liturgy. And in order for us to live out a rich liturgical life, we need some skills. We need some skills to pay the bills. Three skills, specifically. And so the first one is the ability to disengage from distraction and to be fully present to God in the liturgical action. So to be fully present, we need to focus ourselves. And for me, the easiest way to do this is to be active. That means don't just mumble along the prayer responses of the liturgy. Really activate your mind when you are responding or when you're saying the different prayers throughout the liturgy. Maybe this is easiest for you if you use a visual aid, like you use that book in the pew. And try not to get caught up in that whole problem of pride that we sometimes have when we think, I don't need that book. That's for new people. That's for people who don't know what they're doing. I go to Mass all the time. But you know what? That's not what it's about. Like, if that helps you focus on what you are actually saying, maybe you're a visual person, um, it makes you fully engage in the prayers and the responses of the liturgy. Don't let your pride get in the way of that. Totally take advantage. And also don't get discouraged because you're constantly going to have distractions. But offer those distractions to Jesus and ask for grace. I do it all the time. You know, there's that cute little baby a few pews over, or maybe someone has some strong cologne, and it's totally taking your mind off what's happening. And that's okay. That's the human condition. All the saints, you know, the mystics, they talk about this in their writings, that 
we're, we're never going to be free of distractions because we're human and that's okay. But when we have those distractions, we acknowledge them and we actually mentally say, oh, Jesus, um, that's the cutest baby I've ever seen. Please bless him and please give me the grace to focus on the mass. Or Jesus, that man's cologne is so strong. I think I'm going to faint. Please. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know what I mean. But still, like you talk to Jesus about it, you offer it to him, and then you ask for the grace to continue going. Now, I think that the easiest way to disengage from what's going on is to become engaged in something else, right? So how about we engage ourselves in what God is doing? And in order to do that, we need to understand what God is doing, right? So that leads us into the second skill that we need, and that's the ability to unite one's heart and mind to the words prayed during the liturgical celebration. So remember that we're always being taught in the liturgy, right? I just said that. Now, the words of the rite that we're participating in are extremely important. Like, hello, if the creation accounts of Genesis have taught us anything, it's that words are important. Dude, like the second person of the Trinity spoke the world into existence. He spoke the world into existence. So if we start by making the connection between the external aspects of the liturgy, you know, the things that you're encountering with your senses, with your, you know, sight, smell, you know, hearing, all that. And we take those external aspects and we connect them to what's going on internally. And then once we've done that, we're able to unpack them and see what is actually going on. And I think the best way to do this is to learn the words of the prayers, right? You say them, so technically you know them, but do you really know them? Like the prayers that we say as a congregation and the prayers of the priest, like these are super important, right? Like there's something supernatural going on during the liturgy, right? Like we can all agree on that, but what is it? And the way to do this is to study, take a little bit of time. Like it doesn't have to be some like big, you know, scary report type of studying. It's just take some time to look at the words in the liturgy and maybe find some aids. I know Catholic Answers has some that show you like the words in the liturgy and where they are in scripture. Because the majority of what we pray during the liturgy comes from scripture. And so find out where those are in scripture and then read those scripture passages and find out the context and see how that is now become being made present and being made new in this new covenant with Jesus that we are participating in during the liturgy. And once we're able to do this, we, we start to already develop our third, this third skill, right? And that third skill is the ability to see what God is doing in the sacramental action, meaning that we're able to take what we see visibly and see what it's pointing to in the invisible realm, you know, also like we can see the signs that are in the mass and those are able to point us to the reality of what's really going on, the supernatural dimension. And we can take our, the sacraments, the sacrament and the liturgy in reconciliation, baptism, marriage, all of the sacraments. We can see those sacraments, but we see beyond them also to the mystery of what is really happening. 
right? Because like I said, there's something supernatural that happens in the liturgy, the whole liturgy. And this is not just during the consecration. This is from start to finish. We just need to have the eyes to see it. And through the visible, the signs, the sacraments, Christ is bringing us into the mystery, right? So the whole liturgy is Christ's way of taking what we see here and now in the earthly form and incorporating us into his mystery and helping us see the reality, you know, the grand reality, which is our salvation. And this last skill, it does take time. It takes some study. It takes some prayer. It takes some practice. Um, But like I said, It's nothing to get discouraged over. Even the best mystics of the church have acknowledged that this just takes time. And it's something that with God's grace, we are able to advance in. But I think we should start with the words, the words in the liturgy and their meanings, where they are in scripture, what they meant in that context, and now what they mean in the context of the liturgy. You can look on catholic.com or you can even just do some Google searching, um, make sure you find a reputable Catholic site. um, And that'll really help you to, once you are then in liturgy the next time and that part of the mass comes up, you're able to delve a little bit deeper rather than just the words that you are used to saying at that part in the liturgy. But again, don't fall into the trap of thinking that once you know this information, that there's nothing else left. That's just not <laughs> at all how it is. Like it's just the beginning. And trust me, I know from my own personal experience, cause I've, I've been doing this for years and um, I haven't done it for a little while, but after this topic, after going over, preparing some notes and even talking to you right now, like I feel super jazzed and I have really loved this time together this week during this recording. And it's really invigorated my thirst for what the liturgy offers, which is totally appropriate seeing that the liturgy is the font from which I am to draw from, right? But for real though, I think that my next quiet time in prayer with Jesus, I'm going to ponder over the liturgy. And whatever words, whatever signs and symbols that might come to mind from the liturgy, I'm going to bring those to Jesus. It's probably going to look a little something like this. Like think of kids or if you remember yourself when you were little and when you would find something, something in the everyday, like a rock or a caterpillar or something, and you would want to show it to a parent or an adult or something, right? Or maybe you have kids in your life that do this with you. And so what do adults do in those moments, right? Like we usually try to teach kids by getting them to think about whatever it is that they want to share with us in a different way or telling them some cool little factoids about it, right? And so that's how I am a lot in prayer. Like I've totally learned something new and I'm really stoked about like what this like new discovery is, you know, like I put that in bunny ears, new discovery. Um, And I want to share it with Jesus, like, wow, this is so cool. Thank you for this gift, for this grace, um, for making this available in the church. But then, of course, Jesus, he adds like a cherry to the top of my excitement by giving me a deeper appreciation, deeper understanding, and more aha moments, like when he and I are 
together in prayer about whatever it is that I've found that I, I am excited about talking to him about. And he does this by helping me look at the mystery in his light. Like it's in some way a logical conclusion to questions that maybe I hadn't thought to ask previously to um, my dialogue with Jesus. But in other ways, those conclusions are kind of intuition. And I might call this even like spiritual intuition. But realistically, it's the Holy Spirit. And we all have it, right? Because we all have the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And when I'm speaking to Jesus about these parts in the liturgy or different parts within my spiritual life, and I have these intuitive moments, it's really the Holy Spirit coming alive in me and showing me showing me something in a way that I hadn't seen it before, but it had already existed. Maybe if you haven't prayed the way that I've just explained, uh, maybe try that this time, you know, learn a little bit more about the liturgy, go to Jesus, show him what you're excited about and see what it is that he wants to tell you to give you a deeper appreciation and a deeper understanding. And on that note, I would like to end with this excerpt from the catechism that says that, The liturgy is a participation in Christ's own prayer addressed to the Father in the Holy Spirit. In the liturgy, all Christian prayer finds its source and its goal, which we know, right? Because it's the summit and the font of the church. Through the liturgy, the inner man is rooted and grounded in the great love with which the Father loved us in his beloved Son. Oh my gosh, swoon, like... That's, like I said, I'm totally jazzed about this, and I know for sure my next prayer time, maybe even my next couple of prayer times this week, I'm really going to just delve into the liturgy and see what else Jesus wants to awaken in me and my appreciation so that I can fully, actively, and consciously participate in the liturgy. But before I bid you adieu, there's three items of business really quickly. So You need to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Google Play Music, anywhere that you can find good podcasts, you can find Clumsy Theosis. Subscribe and leave a review because the more people that read positive reviews about Clumsy Theosis, the more they'll want to listen. And that means there's more people out there transforming the world by transforming themselves. Also, don't forget, tell your friends. And keep up with me and the podcast on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis. Until next week, everyone, I'll see you in the Eucharist. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.